Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. covers a lot of ground when it comes to speaking about human body parts. Yeah, there's all kinds of references in the scriptures that speak about hands and feet and ears and eyes and skin and arms and neck and hair and so much more. Well, not surprisingly, the mouth also figures prominently in scripture since it is the organ with which we sing and praise and bless God. So, we have ideas like, let my mouth declare your praise, O Lord. Today I want to think with you about our individual capacity to speak such kind and blessed words on the one hand, and yet sometimes such cruel or mistaken words on the other. Either way, however we speak, it all begins with the smallest of human body parts called the tongue. So hear this fascinating little reading now from the letter of James, the third chapter, beginning at the first verse. 
Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, what we're doing is guiding their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet even they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue, a small member, yet one that boasts of great exploits. With the tongue we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse other people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and curse. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, brothers and sisters, yield olives? Or can a grapevine yield figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Well, that's someone named James or someone who was given the name of James and that little letter or book at the back of the New Testament. But now let's take a listen to some thoughts about the way we speak, the way we use our tongue, and sometimes how difficult it is to take back our words. For those of you who were nowhere near a TV or radio yesterday, or you took some quality time off from your devices, your computer screen, or your news feeds, it was 9-11 Remembrance Day, 20 years uh, since that uh, awful moment in American and in human history. But if you will at this time, just gather into your mind uh, some of the unbelievable sadness that's left over from that day, uh, the heroism of so many, the lingering wounds, the bravery, the courage of the responders, the persistence of evil that we know even war cannot eradicate, the grief of so many families. Let's gather all of this uh, into our hearts and minds and pause for some silence. I hesitate to break the silence. You should not speak unless you can improve on silence. That's what St. Benedict, the monk, said in the sixth century. But all I have are words in this particular profession. I don't have a wrench, a stethoscope, a paintbrush. I don't have a welding torch. I just have words. And knowing that my words could help you who hear them lead even yet more creative and faithful lives, or that they could also fall flat, these words, and misinform you or bore you, 
Knowing that these words of mine could build you up and help you see the watchful eye of our Lord Jesus Christ who cares for us, or that those same words might take you down or scold you or degrade you, which we have a lot of in discourse of our day, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite hymn verses in all of hymnody. And we sang it in here, in this place and space, last weekend. And it goes like this. Think of it as a prayer to the Lord. Keep me from saying words that later need recalling. Guard me lest idle speech may from my lips be falling. But when within my place I must and ought to speak, then to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. They're words that might speak to you as you contend with how you speak and what your tongue does at different moments in your life. Now, the inspiration for this meditation is the reading you just heard from the letter of James. And the writer writes to anybody who's willing to listen. He tells them our tongues are so powerful. We bless the Lord with them, and in the same instant we can so easily curse our brothers and sisters who are made in the image of God. So he says we're capable of both blessing and cursing. And then the writer says, brothers and sisters, this should not be the way it is. What he says in this little third chapter is, in fact, that words have tremendous power for good or for evil. They can exclude, they can embrace, they can harm, they can heal. They can lift up or they can tear to pieces. Your tongue and mine are capable of blessings and curses. I'm drawn to this passage in particular because I'm feeling rather proud to have a tongue. When I was four years old and my father was overseas, I was pushing an empty stroller in the driveway one day and it came out from under me and my chin hit the concrete. I bit my whole tongue off. My mother wrapped it in a towel. She took brothers and me in the car to the hospital, and the surgeon put it back on. And I can taste, and I can even speak. The tongue is this really small organ in the human body, but it's so powerful, and it's so critical to our lives. Now, James, in this little letter, says it really has two specific kinds of purposes that make it decisive. The first thing is our tongue reveals something of our inner character. And its small size is, it disproportionately small size is kind of uh, misleading for its impact because your tongue reflects your inner identity, your soul, if you will. And James talks about fruit. He said, you, you pick up a piece of fruit and you know exactly what kind of tree that comes from. 
He says, olives, they don't come from a fig tree. Or we might say, apples, they don't come from oak trees. No, what's inside of you that comes out via your tongue is who you are. But he also says another decisive thing about our tongues is is they set a direction. They set a course in life. They point us to a destination. If we can discipline our tongue in a particular way, we can go places. So he's got these images, uh, first of all, of a rudder on a ship, which, by the way, is kind of shaped like a tongue. And the rudder on a ship is relatively small, given the scale of the ship or the force of the winds and the waves that it might encounter. But that rudder is what determines the direction of that ship. He's got this other image. He said it's like the bit that goes into the, uh, the, the mouth of a horse. And when you bridle that horse, it doesn't stop it from running. You, you just simply discipline it to go in a particular direction. Well, for the Christian life to become whole, to become complete, to become mature, or as your Bible might say in that verse, to become perfect, we have to figure out a way to control the tongue to set the course. Now, we don't always use words very thoughtfully, which I'm sure is a great revelation to you. We're all capable of using them, those word things, too judgmentally, too moralistically, too abstractly, too self-servingly. We use words too boringly sometimes. But just think of all of the things in your life that you have said that you wish you could unsay. Think of all those things that you said, you can't get them back. Dozens and dozens of lines that wounded other people, that were misinformed, that were excessively or aggressively angry. Think of all the things you said that were ridiculously opinionated. Just think of them all and what they did to certain relationships of yours. You cannot retract them. You cannot retrieve them. Even as they're leaving your mouth, you're eating them. And once unleashed, there's definitely no pulling those words back in. Speech may be really free in America, which we're fond of touting, but the consequences of speech are not free, and they can inflict real and significant harm. How many people get destroyed? Just think of it. How many people's reputation gets destroyed by the malignant power of gossip or by misinformed or worse, disinformation of words. Oftentimes it just happens by what gets posted on Facebook or tweeted out or sent via email. The writer of James, his letter pleads for anybody who's willing to listen to pay attention to the way we use words. And personally, I'm convinced that In order to take Jesus Christ seriously, we have to take the words that we use very seriously. The character of our inner identity is buried within our speech. But here's the deal, though, that we need to get straight. 
Christian people are no less foolish than anyone else when it comes to saying dumb things. Dumb things that hurt other people. We're just as capable of lapsing into rude and inconsiderate speech. James says all of us make all kinds of mistakes. All of us. And we're just as efficient at harming as we are at healing other people with our words. Remember that blessing and curse of which we're capable. One of the reasons that the world views Christianity with such skepticism and sees the Christian church as synonymous with judgmentalism, with hypocrisy, and with self-righteousness is because too often we think that faith makes us morally better than anybody else. That's what outsiders often see when they see at least segments of the Christian community. But what Christianity promises us is not moral superiority, but that God in Christ will meet us in our mistakes and will meet us in our failures. Father, forgive them, says Jesus in a prayer, for they have no idea what they're doing. By grace you have been saved, and it has nothing to do with your own goodness and other people's lousiness. Our mistakes and our failures, that's precisely where God meets us. And these failures include our tongue. Our tongue when it gets away from us. And we fail to use words that build bridges or construct a better world. Or when our cursing reveals more about us than the recipient who is hearing those words. The psalmist. You can read Psalm 39. The psalmist is so conscious of his own capacity to let out hasty and cruel world, words that he lets them fly. He's so conscious of that that he has a muzzle nearby. And anytime he's tempted to speak a cruel word, or a wicked one, he slaps the muzzle over his mouth. We don't sell muzzles in our St. Paul bookstore. But we have some words of Jesus Christ that reverberate through our heads when he said to his disciples one day, I tell you, there will come a day when you have to give account of every careless word you ever uttered. Well, until that day, we get to keep cleaning up our act, bridling or controlling our tongue, if you will. And it seems to me if we can wash our dishes so effectively, and we can clean our laundry so easily, and we can scrub our fingernails so dutifully. It seems to me it's not out of the realm of possibility to tame our tongues more frequently. So that we can prove to be not just people that praise and bless God, like in a moment as this one, but that we can also bless other people with our words. Yeah, with our words. 
Amen. Now may this peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and mine in Christ our Lord. Amen. down from a broken sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touch down on the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathe in the familiar shock of confusion and chaos all those
So now, pray with me, if you would. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So now, may your work be blessed by words that roll off your tongue, words that embrace rather than exclude, words that heal more than they harm, words that lift up and do not take down. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.